the World Wrestling Federation. For over 50 years, the revolutionary force in sports entertainment. What's our name? Welcome to the New Jedi Mission Podcast on North South Connection. I'm JP. Thanks for joining us again. As always, we have the journey to leave the new generation era to find the best, some of the worst of the time period, but wrestling time period often forgotten. Brennan Shaw in Survivor Series 92. It's Brennan Shaw in Survivor Series 97. We look beyond just the pay-per-views, examine weekly TV, see what worked, what could have worked, and what failed. JP, how you doing? Pretty good, man. A frigid uh, 58 degrees here in Florida, so, you know. Yeah. Diff- different different temperatures of 10 degrees in Chicago, so <laughs> laughing away, and uh, our poor bears just struggling throughout it, but uh, this is going to come out after uh, Christmas, but before the New Year's, so, um, you know, hopefully everyone has a great Christmas and good New Year's, fun holiday times right around this time, so good stuff all around, uh, but we're ready for now year one, we've done a full Survivor Series, so, uh, or Survivor Series of Survivor Series, so we're going to do a superstars, a Raw, and then we're going to do some year-long awards, just kind of go in with the uh, Raw that we're going to talk about, kind of has a, a year-long award, so we're going to kind of switch it up just a little bit for this episode, and then get back to two and two next time, so um, sounds like a do for this time and kind of this these kind of get us near year end so kind of the you know classic thing of the november december is you know best of list so we're going to do kind of copy off that a little bit for this episode so we're going to do the 1127 superstars first this was taped uh way back before survivor series uh november 10th uh 2500 sellouts in uh july new york uh pretty dingy place um but we'll kind of go to that. So kind of weird that this is so far ahead of uh, Survivor Series. Just so show you how far ahead this was. Jerry Lawler was still in wrestling and doing commentary for this. So they had to reshoot everything and basically redo a lot of this uh, superstar. So kind of crazy thinking about them that they're that, that far in advance. But I was listening to Bruce Pritchard's podcast. And one thing he, he said interesting about syndication TV is back in the day, you had to send your tape in eight days before it would play. So it makes sense why they have to record so far, but it just really hurts them overall, like how they're taping these so far in advance that they can't have updating storylines. So um, kind of interesting from Bruce's podcast about that. I never really thought about that, but it kind of makes sense. Uh, but it leads to a lot of staleness we see on some of these superstars. Yeah, I think I think like when you listen to like um, Chad and JT on like Monday Night Wars too, like that goes it, it comes into play so much when Nitro's live every week and then you have that like, right every other taped Raw and it just sucks that like you can tell the the crowd like how hyped they are on a live Raw and it's the same with superstars if you watch like um, WCW Saturday Night at this time like. Like the just the product feels more energized than Superstars does. So yeah, it, it's weird too because they don't have the same competition like mm-hmm. they do for JT, and, and it, even then it takes them a while to figure out. Oh crap, we're just doing this. We're like the 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 time has changed. Like this might have worked in the eighties, but it really is not going to work. And then once the internet takes off, like they really couldn't do this anymore. So right. um, I, I get that not everyone was on the internet in, in November of ninety three, but. It's just weird they didn't think ahead. Like, hey, maybe we should give a fresher product. Especially because when the Raws are live, like you said, when they're live and they're good, they're really good stuff. But when they get kind of the stale taping, they, they really add. So uh, so we have a new set of, 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 of tapings here. The first thing we have is uh, Rio so Rogers or Riggins. I don't know which one it is, but he's gone. And Vince mm-hmm. actually kind of buries him on the thing, saying he'll never be seen again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So they must have just been like, this is terrible. So... Uh, and we get Stan Lane in. Now, I'm guessing you're more of a Stan Lane guy. I'm, you know, I'm not into that, but maybe are you a Stan Lane guy or is this someone um, that you kind of know? Yeah, so I'm, I'm familiar with Stan Lane. I prefer Conjury as far as the Midnight Express goes. But, yeah, uh, definitely it was shocking to see Stan Lane in this in that he's very, like, uh, infomercial, like, yes. big, big Colgate smile kind of guy. Like, I don't know. He just... He's very like fabricated, 
um, in his delivery. So it's just weird that, uh, like, he's real, like, like radio host talking kind of guy, like, like real enunciated and everything. It's just weird. Like, Vince is kind of that guy a little bit. Um, yeah, very. And, you know, and then you see Stan Lane do it, too. It's just it doesn't give you, like, the contrast that, like, Lawler and Heenan and even Bartlett or somebody like Savage, they all give that contrast, but he doesn't really do it. So I don't yeah, think it works. It, and at least for the first episode, he's such a company guy. I mm-hmm. wonder if he'll kind of change that because with Vince, like Vince is already the company company guy, so it'll be right. It'll, it'll be interesting to see if he like goes heel or goes like something different than Vince. But I, I get they were I get they also were scrambling because of uh, what was going on with Lawler, and obviously the Rio failure was pretty epic. Like that was a one and done. So they must have realized right away that this was a. a bad news. Yeah, well, I mean, I can't blame them for that. Like, It's like one of those one times where they pull the trigger quick and say, alright, this is, we fucked up. Like, you know, I, I just don't get, I, I honestly do not get what they were even thinking they were going to get out of the real Rogers character. I just don't get it at all, but I guess they're just seeing what sticks at this point because they're in such, like, it, it, it was crazy is like, they're giving all these people a shot except for Jim Ross. And Jim Ross is the best yes. out of everybody, you know? So. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Agreed. And I get Ross maybe didn't fit into the style yet because he was a little bit more Southern, but uh, like the Southern style of wrestling, but they, they weren't doing anything that crazy that he could have fit in. So, mm-hmm. uh, and a match that he would start off that would, you know, be a Jim Ross special would be the, the starter of actually both Raw and Superstars with the Steiner brothers. Um, so, f- fighting off to start off, you know, once again, I think they're great for a starter. Their music is very distinctive. They get a big pop every time. They wrestle pretty quick matches, and they're aggressive. So, good start to uh, uh, to this. My, my only note on the match release says like it's kind of crazy to think about. Like they were just in the main event Survivor Series, and they're kind of they kind of do nothing from now on. Now, uh, that's from a pay per view standpoint. So, I wonder if we'll see them a, a bunch more uh, a TV and even like some you know dark matches and some uh, you know tape matches, but. From like mm-hmm. eight pay-per-view, this is the end of them, right? Like that was that they were in the main event and they're in the Rumble and not at WrestleMania, I don't think, and that's it, right? They're, like they're done. Yeah, so, I think crazy. I think they only have the uh, the great like brothers versus brothers tag versus the Hearts, um, right? Just like for WrestleFest, and that might already be taped by now. I'm not sure, but I don't know. Yeah, that that's why I wonder if they'll like they'll be around. Like it's kind of weird they start off this Survivor Series or this Superstars the next Raw. But, you know, they could be done. So we'll, we'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And then we get a update with uh, kind of bad, but real monsoon. This was terrible. Um, yeah. <laughs> where Gorilla, I think, fake picks up a phone to listen to Owen talk. And uh, Owen gets pissed off about saying, stop calling him the brother of Brett's. It was really bad. I, I don't know if, if he thought, but this is a very poor statement when they normally would have this tape better. It was it's very cheap. And then I also saw something about there being a women's tournament uh, Monday in Memphis. Uh, but I didn't see this. I was just reading through the notes of, uh, mm-hmm. of History WWE. I don't know if you heard that, but I, I, didn't, I missed that part. But yes, they, yeah. He does announce that there's going to be an upcoming okay. uh, women's title tournament. And they talk about like, the title being dormant for a little while or something like that. So yeah. Very out of nowhere. Um, I think we know who, like, the star out of that's going to be. Yes. Um, you know, like, the only star, I guess, for for the next year or two. But um, I, it, it goes, again, to just them throwing stuff at the wall to see what sticks. Because, like, they're really in shuffle mode right now. Like, I think, like, Yoko's not really um, carrying it as a champ. I think they don't have, like, any, like, top top like uh feuds going on right now like you got the whole lawler thing him like shit in the bed and leaving and sean coming back all of a sudden like things are just like really in flux right now i guess luger's struggling yeah luger yeah exactly luger's struggling so it's just um i just don't think they know what direction they want to go in and i think their like hand is almost forced here in the next couple months so uh it's weird that like, like every a lot of people i know um whether they be, like, hardcore fans or just, like, uh, podcast hosts, wrestlers, whatever, a lot of them say, like, 94 is one of the worst years at WWF, when I've always thought it's one of the best years, just, like, in my mind. 
and the like highlights. I've always thought it's like, you know, Brett Owen, such a great feud on top and um, Brett's having these like great matches carrying it. But I guess maybe because things aren't fully formed yet, I guess we could be in for a kind of a down year. But I, I don't know. I just feel like in my head things are going to turn around. But I guess we'll see, right? Yeah, we'll see. But this is definitely a bad segment. However, they decided to do it this way, yes. even with the Owen, like it was just not not very smooth and it felt very rushed versus like a clean segment. So, well, well Gorilla, like the whole, he is so terrible, like acting on the phone, like it's so bad. Oh yeah, <laughs> like it's just so obvious, you know. Yeah. But um, from there we're gonna get uh, Razor Ramon versus a Jobber. Just a quick little squash, kind of keeping him. Um, on the show, he's wearing like these sweet pink tights that you don't normally see from him. Yep. Um, so, you know, he's out there looking good still. He's still over with the crowd. Just a quick little squash. He's the IC champ. Mentioning Sean being the real IC champ. I guess you, know, you kind of see where that's going. Um, then they also do a face to face with, uh, Bret Hart and Adam Baum of all people. Yep. And Bre- Brett does, does not look interested at all while Adam Bomb's talking. And, like, like they have Harvey Whippleman, who I just feel like doesn't add anything um, to any of the guys he's been with. Like, he doesn't really do anything for me. Um, and then they let Adam Bomb talk, and he's, like, so country. And it doesn't, like, his voice yep. is so country. It just does not match his, like, intense big guy look. It's just weird. It's kind of like, like, at least Sid was, like, Sid's country too, but at least he was like off the handle. Like he was just, you know, loose and explosive when he's talking. So it just, it's kind of has like a charm to it. Adam Bomb just doesn't, I don't know. He should talk less, I guess. Yeah. Um, and then Brett just kind of like responds with his like really like, um, like rehearsed line. You know, like he would say that you could plug anybody's name into because he does not look interested in being in any kind of feud with Adam Bomb at all. So, um, it's kind of weird to see Brett mailing it in here because I, I guess he just I, – I, I would see why he's more focused on, like, the Owen feud, but it would be cool to see him at least kind of interested in this. Just I had no um, hype for any kind of Bret hart Adam Bomb match at all. And I had no idea this existed, so this, like, shocked me. Right. And then just to quickly play right off of that since it connects, um, there is an Adam Bomb squash right after that. And they let like the little kid announce Adam Bomb coming out. Yeah, he says like Harvey Whippleman's instead of Whippleman. Uh, yeah, I think Vince like put the thing down there, like cut him off, like get him get him out of there. Like he's already <laughs> fucking up. And Adam Bomb like screams into the mic, taking the ground zero. So he's trying to kind of you know throw some stuff out there, get his charisma out there. Um, I just think he's really not catching on right now. Like. He's really been a disappointment for, for me so far. Like somebody that I would have always considered like a a favorite of mine, or like a you know um, personal gem or whatever. I just I don't know. I, I'm kind of annoyed when he's on the screen at these points. But quick little squash with him. Uh, nothing really important, but yeah, that's that's been the case with Adam Bomb so far. Yeah, I mean, on the guest ring announcer, it's like a cool little thing, but it. It, just in this arena, it just makes him seem like so little time, right? right? Like, like this, like it seems very how, like it's a very good house show thing, but like you're trying to publicize that you guys are big, big time, and you got that. And then Harvey, I did like I like Harvey on the mic. I thought that he was saying since I've taken over, uh, Adam Bob's been like I'm bringing him to the top, which has kind of been true, right? We mocked Adam Bomb mm-hmm. the first half, and then like he has been he's big in the Survivor Series. Kind of had some matches, I think Virgil and some things, and now he's going after Bret Hart. So I kind of like that. Um, they're kind of giving that guy something because it's something the guys that we, you know, early on would have seemed like very struggling, you know, like a guy very struggling. Now they're giving him at least some, you know, top tier talent to fight against. Okay. They do have next the the highlights of the Survivor Series, uh, which I thought this 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 uh, package was very well done. I thought it was very well. It seemed like there was a lot going on. Uh, interestingly, don't say anything about Luger. Luger's not mentioned at all. Uh, and nothing about the Heavenly Bodies match, which makes you seem like they kind of think that was kind of a dud. Uh, but I, I liked it. Uh, and, I, and my notes have, for like a three-hour pay-per-view, a lot happened in it. At least making from this preview, like, the actual in-ring was probably pretty boring, but there was a lot of storylines coming out of it. And a lot more happened than I'd say, you know, like, in Server Series 90, 91, 89. Like, the action was way better, and the teams were way cooler for those pay-per-views. But actually, 
like storylines coming out of it, I thought 93 actually delivers. So the, the highlight reel was really well done. I don't know if you had anything to add there, but I, you know, they, they show a couple times during Raw, but I thought it was pretty well done. It made me think about, yeah, there was some stuff that happened at Survivor Series, not a nothing pay-per-view. Well, it, what you just said is like, like gave me an epiphany because like, um, you know, we had talked before we watched Survivor Series, like, oh boy, you're about to be in for one kind of thing. And I'm, I'm like a big YouTube guy. So I always like to see like the highlights of the pay-per-views. Like they'll, somebody will, yep. you know, they'll make the little highlight videos and in 93 Survivor Series, I've seen it. I'm like, man, that's a good, sh- that looks like a good show. Like I haven't seen it in so long, but like when you clip it up, it does look really good. But you know, as we know, it wasn't the greatest show, but. I guess um, if you're going to watch it in the highlight form, you'll, you'll have a different opinion of it because it did seem pretty good, just to add to your point. And then we get uh, a Santa Claus coming out to give gifts to the kids. That <laughs> seems like a time filler. I thought this was where Doink was going to come out, but nope, nope, with Dink, but nope, just Santa Claus handed out gifts. It's so very bizarre. And then uh, Shawn Michaels comes out and fights the next match. He, he stops before the match and says that he's a real champion. So it's interesting they're kind of putting over Shawn in front of IRS. Uh, just just knowing where the rumble goes, so but right. they're definitely making it seem like this is a big time feud between Sean and Razor Ramon. So I like I like that. Uh, Sean with the simple squash, it's kind of standard. Uh, you know, putting the heel over, but definitely got a lot of heat for you know saying he was a champion. So yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. well the the Ray Rougeau segment with Santa was kind of funny. Like they even had like a little kid that looked like uh, Steve Jobs with like a little white turtleneck <laughs> on, and uh, like. What, what kind of, like, drove me crazy about this segment is they had Santa out there giving gifts to the kids, like, the group of kids. And he gives, like, two things, like, merchandise-wise to the kids. Yep. And then the rest of the kids are just standing there empty-handed. Like, why the hell did you pull me up here if I you're not going to give me a present? Like, that's bullshit. Like, like, like I think a lot of kids uh, had disbelief in Santa at this, at this <laughs> moment, you know? It, it's weird that, like, usually expect, like, something to happen, and it just nothing happens. And I thought right. that was where, I thought, like, Doink was going to come out, and like, nope, it's not. It's just literally a, a segment of Santa Claus. Very and, uh, and they gave out, like, this big red cowboy hat, which is, I don't know if it's supposed to be Jeff Jarrett, but if it is, because he kind of wore something like that in a segment coming up, and uh, they gave out a Bret Hart hand, so I'm like, is that Jeff yeah. Jarrett's? Why are they making merch for Jeff Jarrett already? Uh, like, well, it might be, or maybe Smokey Guns. Ah, uh, Gun. maybe. I was yeah, trying maybe. to think of who else it would be because, uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember hats, though, of that, but right. why would anyone, no one cares about the Smokey Guns. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. Very bizarre, yeah. Yeah, so, like you said, the the Sean match playing up the IC champ, I think that's, I think that's a really good storyline, actually, like, um, you know, that he never lost the belt and that he still has a different belt. Yep. Like I think that's what makes it so good. Like you, like you got guys that they'll come back and say I never lost a belt or whatever technicality, but they don't have the actual title. The belt, yep. And he does, yeah, and this, it just makes it so good. Right, and that's uh, you were just kind of saying about '94, and like this is a great storyline. I remember, and obviously it leads to an all-timer and mania. So like I right. just don't, I don't understand the hate for '94, but like we're gonna dig into it. But this is another one I'd be like, hey, I'm really pumped for this. So. Yep. And then, uh, so after that, we have Doink versus the uh, Jobber in a squash match. He brings out Dink, and I just wrote, and so it begins. Like, this is, <laughs> so, like, first the Dink pins the Jobber. I'm like, what the fuck are they doing? Like, this is, like, this has to be Ray Apollo now because that whoopee cushion was so terrible. Um, and I feel like, you know, they saw Ray Apollo doing Doink and said he's so bad that we have to add, we have to dress it up even more and throw Dink in the mix. Like, I wonder if Matt Bourne was still there if they were going to give him Dink. You know, like, it just didn't seem like it would fit him at all. Yeah, I'm not sure. Now, the uh, Dink was was around in the summer, right? I think we saw him fight in uh, one of the matches, right? So I wonder if they had him contract. And, I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm not That's sure. True. I'm not sure, but... Well, it seems like he's going to be like a forever character now. Right? Yeah. So I'm not sure. Th- yeah, it's like I don't know if they had a contract with him, maybe, and like, okay, we got to find something for him to do. Well, let's let him be a midget here, and be right. I'm not sure, right? Like, what happened? And I really don't care. <laughs> I did try <laughs> right. looking up whether it was Philip Hollow or, uh, or Ray Apollo or whoever. And uh, oh, is it Philip? Yeah, I mean, you might be right. Philip Hollow, maybe. Right? I forget which one it is, but whatever it is, uh, I couldn't figure out which one this was. I'd rather be watching I, I, uh, Showtime I, at the Apollo. 
Yeah, I think, but I think you're right. It's not, it's not uh, Matt Bourne. He's doing other stuff. So, uh, yeah. Can we get the last match real quick? Well, there's a quick little segment oh. beforehand with uh, Jeff Jarrett and uh, R.P. Lee looking for yep. Buddy Lee at the studio, and that's um, Ronnie P. Gossett, and he is awesome. Like, I know he does. I wish he stayed around longer. I know his it's like short lived, probably because Vince looks at him and thinks we already have Bastion Booger. Like, what do we need him for? Um, but he, like, he is so good on the mic, and I, I, I want to see if, like, if when Jarrett starts wrestling, if he's, like, his manager for a month or two. I, I for some reason, I remember him being there for, like, a month. I think that's so, right. Yeah. Hopefully he gets on the mic, because he's, he's funny as hell, so, but I don't, I don't recall, like, I don't know this era enough to know that, but he, he just looks funny, like, fat and all around the studio, following Jeff Jarrett around. Um, yeah, and then they, they get kicked out like so non-aggressively. It's kind of funny. Like the guys just kind of like barely push them away, and they're just all getting kicked out. So Jared on his you know mission to fight the music industry as well. The vignettes continue, and I think they're pretty entertaining. Um, and then like the, the last match is just Crush versus the Jobber, just a quick squash with him. Um, don't get any Savage involved in or anything, obviously. Right. On uh, superstars, but. Just kind of keeping him strong because we know what's coming. So, yeah, it's kind of pointless match. episode. Yeah, yeah, I, th- I think there were everything was storyline except for that crush. I feel like that was just kind of unnecessary again because you savage like he's supposed to be chasing him and following him everywhere, and yet doesn't show up for this. So I think that kind right. of uh, that. And then we had a Quebecers interview, uh, the face to face, just saying they have a date with the Steiner brothers coming up. So still keeping that feud hot uh, yeah. as well. So. That's our, our superstars. So uh, you want to move to plugs, and we're gonna go raw after that. Yeah, yeah. So we'll go to plugs. Um, you know, like I like I always say, like every day of the week, there's some kind of wrestling involvement you can have with ECW, Monday Night Wars, Ruthless Aggression, um, current stuff with clotheslines and headlines, and you know what that means. Um, you also got the Journey Physician. You also got this week in the NFL. Um, you have like specific things like. Um, seven months of danger covering the dangerous alliance. You, you just have like you have uh, making the case with uh, stuff like with the GWWE. So like you have these like evergreen podcasts. You have these like legacy podcasts like um, the Monday Night Wars podcast that's been you know since the beginning. And then you also have like your little niche podcasts um, that pop up here and there. So. I just really, like, implore anybody to, like, if you're new to the feed and you're just listening week to week, like, go back and just kind of scroll through. You'll see podcasts that may have only been, like, a couple months. And you're like, oh, I didn't even know that was, you know, a thing. So just kind of check out the whole feed in general. You'll find something you like for sure. Agreed. And then the original place to be and the uh, pop experience and then uh, GWE, uh, you kind of mentioned there, but there's the – the ballots for greatest five, the five year return of the greatest wrestler ever, or WWE wrestler ever. So, tons of great stuff and content. And uh, you know, for twenty twenty three, there'll be new you know new shows and things like that coming along as well. So, always exciting on the North South Connection. Uh, so we'll move on to Raw then. So we're going to go from uh, this was taped live or not taped, but it is live <laughs> uh, November twenty ninth um, from White Plains, New York, which we've had I think a Raw from there before. So, uh, crowd's pumped for this one. They make a big announcement that this is going to be the wrestle of the year, and they're coming hot off the uh, Survivor Series. Uh, it's still just Bobby and uh, Vince right now, um, as uh, Savage has been kicked off the announcing team uh, for his involvement, and then uh, uh, Bobby's still there. So, uh, interesting, interesting start to this, and they do make references throughout this and I've watched ahead, you know, the next one, a lot about Bobby and Gorilla, um, you know, being afraid of each other or, or coming after each other. They, they, they play it different ways, but definitely really picking up that Bobby and Gorilla are in a major feud. So right. uh, I'll just start with the first match, uh, kind of similar to the last one, but the Steiner Brothers come out. Again, I love this team coming out. Their music is very well known. Everyone knows the Steiner Brothers. Um, I, I, my note even says it feels like they lead off every Raw and Superstars. Um, they're they're really good. They're they're hard hitting. Uh, I think this is the one where he does the Frankenstein and almost kills them, and they show the replay. Yes. And I'm like, oh, that yes. that looked like, that looked rough. So um, 
good good start to it because the crowd keeps the crowd hot after you know the hot open. Um, and then we go right into another Survivor Series package. Again, this looks really good, and it really pumps up the replay, which is going to be on a Tuesday night. So it kind of works out perfect, too, for the timing of when the replay is. Like, it's on a Tuesday night right after you've had the weekend shows and the, to kind of get people pumped up, but also this Monday Night Raw. So really good timing from them uh, around how they're going to have this replay. Yeah, and I, I agree with the Steiners being, like, a great opening act. Like, they're very – um, of the time, like very explosive, just a, a team that's going to get the crowd into it. And, you know, outside of like one, two, three kid and maybe a couple other people that Marty, Janetti, maybe like they're, they're the types that's going to get the crowd really like out of their seats as far as like their offense and stuff goes. So, um, always good to see them first. Um, we also get another, just a quick replay of Jeff Jarrett at the Buddy Lee studio. So yep. we've already talked about that. And then we get, um, a pretty big time matchup for right now, uh, Diesel versus Razor Ramon. So kind of like some some history in this matchup. You know, obviously long time tag team partners, best friends kind of thing. Um, this is kind of where it starts. So uh, Razor comes out in the black tights now. So you got like Diesel with his traditional look, Razor in the black tights. Um, I felt like Diesel was very active to start this match, and I don't know if it's because they're kind of more familiar with each other. Like I know. Nash just said on his podcast multiple times, like, they were always cool, like, even in WCW. So maybe there's some familiarity there, and it kind of um, – Nash doesn't like – I don't know if, like, he's the type that will be timid to step on people's toes early on and doesn't want to go all out, but it just seems like he's a little more active and more loose um, in this match to go back and forth. And both being big guys, it was kind of a good competitive um, match to start. Then the, the action gets going a little bit, and Sean comes down to interfere eventually um, on Diesel's behalf. So kind of continuing their um, alliance right now, and Sean's feud with Razor. That lets uh, One Two Three Kid come down to help Razor out. So we're kind of seeing a little division of the click um, going on <laughs> yeah. now. And you know, it's kind of like Kid and Razor versus uh, Sean and Diesel. So kind of like Kid. Kid has become, you know. Um, Ever since that opening, like, burst onto the scene against Razor, he's kind of become an alliance with Razor. So that's kind of cool to see that story kind of start to play out. Um, and, like, this is going to be, you know, outside of, like, Brett, Owen, a few other guys, this is this little core right here is the, is the future of the company for the next few years. So I, while this wasn't, like, a great match to see or anything like that, I think it was a very, like, important just kind of, like, time stamp, I guess you could say. Like, nothing – Nothing crazy came out of it or anything. It's just something knowing what happens is something cool to look back on, I guess. Yeah, what's what's really weird on this one is, uh, well, sorry, well, you mentioned something with the click. I wanted to say that first was, I, I wonder where they started becoming the click. Like, where did that happen? You kind, mm-hmm. I, I just like kind of, I, I could have, I haven't heard anything about it, but it was a really good question of like, when did they all be kind of like go in together, like become best friends, like. I wonder if it's kind of around this time, right? With like, obviously Razor One Two Three working together, but the four of them are kind of all working together. Uh, it's really weird that Diesel gets this title shot out of nowhere. Like, all of a sudden he just like jumped the queue. Um, so they don't really bring up why that is. I wish they would have kind of maybe played it off Survivor Series or something. Right. Um, I thought Diesel was my first note is Diesel's way more aggressive in this one, uh, but I felt like this crowd really was dead. Like, I thought, whether it was for just Diesel, I thought it was a very poor crowd throughout both, uh, actually both programs that are taped there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Brain was also digging in that, you know, Razor never beat Shawn Michaels. Like, oh, he's an icy champion, he's a great champion, but he's never beaten Shawn Michaels, which is true and a really great way to, you know, really to bring up that that feud. So, uh, good, good match. Uh, like I said, I've liked Diesel here for the first time really like acting like a beast, but it kind of dies with the crowd not really caring, but good match and uh, definitely setting up more things to come between these kind of four individuals. Yeah. And I think like you mentioned when they started becoming the click, I think it was, I don't know if they were like necessarily the click yet as far as like stroke goes, but I know like listening to like Jared's podcast and Nash's podcast, like they were already kind of riding together because even um, Jared was like a riding partner of these guys. Like he was, kind of like the fifth member before Triple H came on, I guess. Um, okay. 
like he would ride with them a lot. But I guess it was uh like Sean like Razor and Kids feud. Maybe they were feuding on the house shows too. And then Sean and Diesel were like uh paired as a bodyguard combo at the same time. So Yeah. Um from what I remember hearing it so it might already be kind of maybe not full swing, but kind of the foundation's already there for the click right now. The next era of the North-South Connection is upon us. Tune in January 1st and 11 Eastern to bear witness to what's in store. It's New Year, New Noso. NorthSouthConnection.com uh, And then we get a, a Bam Bam Squash with Luna. Nothing really going there. Just kind of met, they kind of mentioned that the Doinks kind of hit a rough time with the Doinks. Uh, uh, they brought up the Luna spot. Luna Vajan was not in the Miss World contest, so... <laughs> kind of a nothing match, really, really kind of, uh, you know, a guy that they're just trying to put over again. But right. immediately after that, they bring up that uh, Jack Tunney had ruled over the weekend, which was weird. They never showed Jack Tunney. I thought he would do it just like randomly. Like I said, like Jack Tunney ruled. I don't know where mm-hmm. he did it, but, you know, there's no more multiple doinks. And at that point, they bring out, uh, uh, they show a highlight from uh, from Wrestling Challenge where Santa Claus comes out to, to doink. And delivers them our boy Dink. So kind of interesting that they have two different availings of Doink or Dink. I actually was confused on that. Like on Superstars, they had a different one, and then on, on Wrestling Challenge, they had one where he was where Santa delivered him. Um, so now we have Doink and Dink, and good timing of that interview segment to do it right after they showed Bam Bam to kind of show that that feud's going on. Um, do you want to get the next part, or do you want me to get it? Yeah. So. Well, that last part definitely sucked. Like, uh, God, that was terrible. <laughs> um, yeah. But, yeah, now we go on to the Superstar of the Year Award. And I don't know where the hell this came from. Like, I don't ever remember <laughs> hearing about this. They make it sound like it's this uh, something they do every year. And I, I just don't remember any other year them doing this. Maybe they have. I just don't know. Um, but this comes out. Like, this is the ultimate cuck job, what they do to Luger. So they come out and say, oh, the voting was close. Um, But first, we're going to bring out our runner-up. So they already killed the suspense. Like, you kind of know it's going to be one of your top baby faces. They bring out Luger first, right? And and he doesn't even look, like, frustrated that he finished second. Um, He's just happy to be there. And they make him introduce Brett. So it's like, this guy, we're going to make you introduce this guy that's essentially taking our place. Um, and just made him look like a total bitch. Like, he's just like, oh, great, Brett. Good job for winning the, you know, superstar of the year. Uh, great performer, blah, blah, blah. And it's just, he's just standing there with nothing. Like, oh, it was so weird for them to do that to Luger. Like, I wish they would just said, you know, it's close. There's really close. There's some fierce competitors, but our winner's Bret Hart and just kind of just celebrated him. But this, and, and you didn't make a feud out of it. Like, Luger didn't turn on Brett. You didn't do anything like that. Like, it was simply just he's there and he's a cuck now and Brett won. It, you know, it was weird. It was a really bizarre segment. I, like, felt bad for Luger as well. Right. Uh, and even Vince, um, he, like, we kind of know what he does this, but it seems like he's trying to do, like, a, who who's getting the larger pops. But, like, he even says this, what an ovation for the hitman. Like, basically to Luger's face. <laughs> right. He like says it so loud. Uh, I thought Bobby was actually great for this during the segment. I just thought talking up Owen, he was just he pretended like he was gonna win it. He kept standing up and saying, "Oh, I know who it is," and then saying, hey, "Wait, it's me." Uh, I thought he was you know being a solo uh, on on the commentary. I thought he did a really great job. And then Brett also announced that he's gonna promise to everyone that voted for him he's gonna get the title back. So <laughs> right, um, like not you, not you, Luger. Like you, yeah, you, yeah, you, yeah. You couldn't do what I'm gonna do. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, a really, really weird segment. I'm wondering if Vince did it just to get a sense of, like, is it is it Brett? Is it Luger? Did we I, – I can't remember. Did, was there a poll even to vote? Now, maybe they, they ditched it off the network, but I don't remember even anything of how to vote for this thing. Yeah, I didn't see anything like that. I think it's just something they made up. I don't know if, like um, – I know there's – it might not be 93, and I might just be misremembering, but I know there's a time – where PWI was, like, really against the WWF. And I think that was probably the late 80s. But 
Like this might be their way of like having their awards um, kind of thing. So maybe it was a thing for a few years in the WWF. I don't know. Yeah. But like, you know, I know I would always vote the WCW guys. Yeah. And I know they pull off, uh, like when they have like these phone numbers and stuff, they pull that off the, you know, off the, the network and stuff, or they'll right. say, you know, number not active. Like, well, duh, we're watching a 93, right, <laughs> you know, but, um, I, I don't remember. I just don't remember it. So maybe they threw it off the network, but it was just very bizarre because they kept talking about all these people that voted for him. So it's mm-hmm. just very bizarre, but they followed that up with a good, with a good job. Like I said, uh, then Owen Hart comes out and again, Bobby, I thought was great during Owen Hart's match. Uh, just really talking about the, like Owen's really impressing him, and Brett's held him down, and no one knows what Owen can do because Brett always holds him down and, and making fun of Brett and his family, but never picking on Owen. And um, a really fun squash match. After that, Bobby uh, goes out to interview uh, Owen, and he asks him, "How do you think that? How do you enjoy the segment?" Which is just such a dick move. <laughs> how do you enjoy the Superstar of the Year segment, and how much? How how should he be so happy for his brother? Um, so a really good job there, and Owen just kind of walks away. Now, the music was, like, blasting in the arena, so it was kind of tough to hear the interview, but I thought it was I thought it was great. And then my next comment is, with this Bobby, I thought he's so good in both these seconds back-to-back. Man, like, why does he have to go? Like, I wonder how much right. better you would see 95 and 90, or 94 and 95 uh, be with Bobby around. I I think King's going to be good at times on when we go through, so I'm not going to just shit on King here. But I thought Bobby could add a lot to some of these feuds, and uh, we'll see how much he's missed on a go-forward basis. So I have that in my notes as well. So, like, Owen comes out. Um, he's dressed differently now. He's more. He looks more like Brett. He's got the glasses like Brett. He even gives it to this um, woman in the crowd who like just looks like she's over the moon to get these glasses. Um, so he's not, like, fully sold as a heel yet. Like, yes. you, you kind of just think he's just mad at Brett for the instance. He's not really a heel. And Bobby does such a great job being so annoying about it that you don't feel like Owen's the bad guy. Like, he's just more, like, like pissed at Bobby for being annoying. So, right. like, because he doesn't say anything and Bobby's being a little dick, he's just kind of like, all right, you know, whatever. You kind of just don't know where it goes. And I think Bobby's so good at playing those kind of roles that, yeah, you're definitely King is. I love King, but he just does not do um, what Bobby does as far as a like Kermit the Frog of the whole Muppets kind of thing. Like, just runs the whole show kind of thing, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, he's definitely gonna be missed. And then uh, after that, we get a quick Ludwig Borga squash, and I'm typically not like the the one that says like you know a loss kills a guy. But, like, Ludwig Borger losing in Survivor Series just, to me, is taking away a lot of his steam. Like, like the shtick doesn't, is kind of getting old now, I guess. Um, I don't know. Maybe they'll turn around a little while. I don't even know how, how much longer he's there. But, I don't know. He just feels a little like he needs something else right now. But um, nothing really great there with that squash. And then we get a promo at the end with Kid. uh you know, threatening Shawn Michaels, he even calls him Mr. Michaels, and he's so bad on the mic. Like, even Bobby's, like, mocking his voice and, and the fact that he said Mr. Michaels because um, you can just tell Kate was so nervous he didn't know what to say. So, good little cap. Like, Bobby was just on fire these last couple segments. Um, it just sucks that this is, you know, getting close to the last we're going to see of him, like you said. Yeah, and uh, they talk about that next week. It's gonna that match is gonna happen. I can't, sorry if you said that, but the kid and Sean are gonna fight. Right. Um. So pretty, pretty. I like these where they lead up for what's gonna actually happen the following week. So, uh, a good, good, quick storyline that they've kind of built up here, and then hey, we're gonna settle it. Like it's not a long term. Like this isn't a long term feud, but we're gonna settle this right now. So, uh. Pretty good Raw coming off of Survivor Series. Definitely advancing the Brett. Like, it seems like the Bret Hart, like, Bret Hart's jumped the shark, or jumped the, the line of Luger. Like, this is Bret Hart, and hey, his brother's coming after him. Like, Bret's kind of going after the title, but Owen's, like, coming after him, too. Seems to be the main storyline. And, like, forget about you, Luger. And I kind of mentioned that in the Survivor Series, like, promo. They don't mention Borga or Luger at all. Like, that's supposed to be the big feud over this fall into the right. you know winter and they either guy gets to mention it they, they did talk uh yoko in the promo they showed yoko and taker now it's kind of interesting that neither of those guys were mentioned in the either show like 
I get maybe like Yoko hasn't been on much, but they kind of haven't. I thought they would maybe build that up more, and maybe it's the following week they do. But uh, it definitely seems like Bret Hart's moved up, moved up the uh, line here as like the the number one guy. Oh, a hundred percent, definitely. All right, so uh, we're gonna do some uh, since we've been through one year of uh, you know survivors or sorry survivor series survivor series since we've been through one year we're gonna do some awards uh, for the past year uh, to go through them um, a bunch of different ones and uh, just kind of give our thoughts and then I think also you know I, I thought like what am I looking forward to and maybe what right. I'm not looking forward to as well so yeah uh, it's like a like a like a little snapshot of the of the last year that we've covered and just kind of. You know, touch on a few things, see where we're at, kind of thing. Yeah, our, our own little Slammy Awards, you know. Yep. Without Todd Padmigal. <laughs> exactly. All right, you want to go first? Yeah. So we'll start with the we'll start with the big one here. We'll start with the MVP of the year. Um, for this, so I, I just listed a couple. Like I listed a runner-up for each one of mine too, just to kind of give people like where my headspace was at. Okay. Um. As far as MVP goes, the runner-up I have, I'm going to cut out this guy now, is Bret Hart. Um, I feel like just he's, you know, has some, like he's held the the great matches, like Mansell of the year, but he hasn't been on TV as much, like, like to, to garner the number one spot in my mind. Um, and that goes to Doink. Like, I'm, Doink was such a revelation for me. Um, I just feel like, Week in and week out, even on like superstars, not just Raw, he was playing like like pivotal role for the company. Like any kind of segment you could throw him in there. Um, he was having great matches as well. Uh, I think this has the biggest chance of being my MVP into next year being my least valuable player. Like the same guy, just different iterations of Doink. But um, yeah, I just, I just feel like Doink was just knocking out of the park every week. So I had to pick him as my MVP. I'm going to run up same as you as Bret Hart. Uh, and it is the MVP. I'm going to give it to Razor Ramon. I thought from being in Survivor Series and Rumble main events to then really being the mid card, you know, the face turn, he, he got one, two, three kid over and, and then elevated the Intercontinental title. I thought he was kind of been solid throughout. The problem I have with Bret is like, he just got the title stolen away from him by, by Hogan. And <laughs> I think that hurt him a little bit. And then, it's not his fault that Will Lawler's, you know, doing whatever he's doing, but that feud started off hot. It just died so quickly, and the Survivor Series match is such a shit show that right. I, I got to drop Brett down to, the, to not winning it. But, um, you know, he's definitely, a, you know, he was the champion for a lot of the early part of our, our time, and then, you know, has had good matches here and there, but like you kind of mentioned, he hasn't been always on TV. Um, mm-hmm. It seems like the, with him winning the Superstar of the Year, it seems like he's... He's uh he's making a comeback so right yeah um, I I just feel like I, uh, and just to touch on Brett one more time I feel like you're right if Lawler was there to carry out the rest of this year I think it would have been hard not to pick Brett because I think it would have given him a more substantial like end to it but I just couldn't do it like with with that happening and just kind of him fizzling out a little bit at the end you know yeah and then um, from there we'll go to least valuable player. Um, for me, uh, the runner-up here was Well Done, who I <laughs> infamously said I liked their very first appearance, like a dumbass, uh, and they just continuously shit in my face every time they came on the screen and said, like, what were you thinking? Like, just each time, and I'm like, what? Like, I just remember seeing them as, like, the Southern Rockers, or I think that was their yep. name in Memphis. Um, I just thinking they were kind of cool in that setting, not, like, great, so I just expect a little bit more. Um, they sucked. Uh, my actual LVP um, is Adam Baum. I, I just he was on so much and did nothing. Like he was, he might have the most appearances out of everybody we've seen, and Probably. there's just nothing of substance at all. Like great look, awesome, like physical charisma, I guess you could say. And there's just not like it's not all his fault. They didn't give him any storylines or anything like that. So like, I want to see him um, progress, but. Yeah, I just there's there's nothing out of him I really um, gained at all this this year, so I'm gonna go with Adam Bomb. 
Yeah. I'm going to go, I'll, I'll do the runner-up. I'd go, uh, Bob Backlund would get another guy that oh, we nice. shit on early on. <laughs> yeah. And then I, I think for least valuable, I'm going to go Hogan. Um, given that he just gave so poor of an effort, like I'm not, I'm not mad at him for coming in and giving, getting a money grab or winning their title, but the lack of effort and just like not being around and not caring and just all that, just kind of really unprofessional, right? And and uh, yeah, I think really threw up the first couple months of like, hey, things are going, they were going great. I'm not gonna say like things were going great, but going for a different, you know, promotion and then just like having to drop him was was, I think, tough for the company. Uh, and it really kind of hurt Brett, right, for a while. Right, and he could have easily, like, passed the torch to Brett and helped make Brett, but he didn't do it. And Right. Um, I and wish he, I would have picked him as my LVP now. Shit. Yeah, but even he could have... But Adam Bob's a great one. I would have thought of him as well. Like, I'm trying to think differently, but Adam right. Bob would definitely be... If it wasn't, I'd probably choose him over Backlund, just because we haven't seen Backlund in a while. Right. So I've kind of forgot about how crappy he was, but... And Bob is you're right. He's I, he's a guy I thought I would have loved. Like, oh my god, Bob's gonna be awesome. And yeah. it just is not. But... Maybe once we get to like the the Nerf balls, we throw out the crowd. Maybe he'll be better then. But that be MVP then. Yeah. So uh, next we got match of the year. Um, for me, this is this was kind of a hard decision. Like there were some good Raw matches. There were some good pay per view matches. Um, but I think as a whole. I was really like enthralled with the Brett Lawler SummerSlam match. Um, and I just picked okay. my winner first. I should have picked my runner up. The runner up was Brett versus Perfect at King of the Ring. Um, thought they told a great story, like the dad against dad kind of thing, second generation guys. Um, that's my runner up. But yeah, Brett Lawler versus at SummerSlam, I think was just like an entire, uh, like theatric piece, like involved in the story, like while we're coming on the crutches, like having Joint involved, like everything was just so good with that. So that had to be my match of the year. Yeah, uh, good good choices. I'm gonna do a couple things different. I'm gonna do kind of surprising match of the year. Uh, I I thought runner up. I I could go Marty and Sean from Royal Rumble, kind of a mm-hmm. match that gets um, kind of shit on a little bit. I think the title change hurt it, like they were doing the title change, but it was a match I watched, I was like, this is pretty good. And I know the Raw match when Marty actually wins might be a little better, uh, but to give something different uh, there. And then I was going to go, which match did I have next? Uh, I'm going to go for, can I, can I do a segment a little bit, or do you have yeah. segment? Yeah. I'm going to go surprising, like the Crush Savage Summit. Uh, oh, nice. So I thought that was a really good, I, I actually think the King... I really always liked that King Brett segment, but I this time around, like the build up, I thought it was great. Like I love that part, but I'm gonna go crush Savage Summit just to do something a little different. Perfect. Uh, so, all right. All right. Next so, um, yeah, next I got um, a show or pay per view of the year. Um, so for me, the runner up was SummerSlam. I thought that was a very like solid show throughout. Um, maybe not the highs of my winner or like the con- continuity. I would say, but uh, very good show nonetheless. And then for show of the year, I'm going to go King of the Ring. I think um, it told a great story of Brett kind of going up and down, like the, the three different matches, getting crowned king, then then him and Waller at the end. And then you also had uh, the death of Hulkamania, which is worth worth the, the price of admission alone. So um, King of the Ring 93 wins show of the year for me. I'm gonna do the same. I, I think there's uh, no other way around either one. I think I think they're that. I think the only, runner up. I would say there's the raw that uh, one two three kid beats uh, Razor on, and then Shawn yeah. Michaels uh, loses to Marty. You know, like that was a hot one. There were a couple other raws, but like that one had the most going on with it. There was also, you know, there was a good raw where uh, early on where Macho and uh, Repo Man fought, and then uh, that's the perfect flare match. So there were some good raws, but I think. You're like I'm gonna always watch that SummerSlam '93, and then King of the Ring from just an in-ring and the storytelling mm-hmm. is, is so I'm gonna follow you or two, but I think there were some other good runner-ups. Um, right. Pay-per-views overall weren't weren't great. Uh, besides that, perfect. All right, so next we got tag team of the year. Um, runner-up for me is the Steiners. I thought they were very innovative. They kind of came in, um, won the belts, had some nice feuds, brought the best out of Money Inc. Um, you know, now that I'm talking about it, like they could easily have been number one. But um, my winners 
never won the titles at all. They were just always over when they came out. I thought they were just always fun to watch. They never did anything bad, in my opinion. That's men on a mission. Um, like not the greatest tag team by far. Like in ring, they're, they're probably fifth or sixth down down the rung. But um, just as entertainment goes, I felt like they were always entertaining when they came out, and just to see the crowd react when they came out was always fun to watch. So I had to go with them. Yeah, that's, that's a great, great – for definitely being the most over, mm-hmm. they are uh, on that. I'm going to go with uh, Sanders, my tag team of the year. I'm not always not the biggest fan, but their match has been fun. I'm going to go Warner Up, even though they're never over, but we know – I've appreciated more the jig a little better, but the Heavenly <laughs> Bodies, I get they are not over at all. They have no right. reaction, but uh, I, I've enjoyed them when they're out there. It's just they don't fit with the WWE. Right. Yep. And then uh, next we got the uh, best on the mic. Um, for me, runner-up, I'm going to go with Johnny Polo. I always thought he was um, eccentric. He's kind of he's, he's real funny when he's on the mic, like even when he's doing commentary. Um, I just think he's like a good little shit disturber when he's out there, good character. Um, but number one, I'm going to go with Cornette. He uh, lit, like he made Yoko a lot more interesting as compared to Fujin, I think. That's not hard to, to beat Fuji as far as Mike's skills go. But he even made, like, the Rock and Roll Express Heavenly Bodies feud interesting. Um, like, he he just, you know, run his mouth a mile a minute. And it was he was always very entertaining on the screen. So I had to give that to Cornette. Yeah, I'm going to go uh, I'm gonna go with uh, Cornette as my runner-up. Like you said, it's not hard to be better than Fuji, but he just elevated that so much. And then uh, I'm going to go the the one that's going to be Jerry Lawler. His stuff with Brett was great. Um, I thought, you know, he, he actually fought a lot more in these episodes than I would have thought. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought he was pretty good there. But I think, you know, obviously he's not a great wrestler. And he's over right. for his, his mic skills. So I thought he was, uh, he really added something. Uh, and then if I could give worst on the mic, it would definitely be Fuji and Rob Bartlett. So, oh, 100%. Uh, you know, that's an official award, but. Yeah, Fuji <laughs> wins that by a mile, definitely. Um, next, I got segment of the year. So you kind of already mentioned that with like the Savage and Crush, and that's also who I picked was Savage and okay. Crush with a um, I will mention the Brett Lawler King of the Ring segment like at the end with the scepter and everything. So I know you already mentioned yours, but I kind of just reiterated that and had the same thing. Um, so as far as awards goes, you know that kind of caps out a little bit. Now, just as far as like I don't know if you want to consider it a award or not, but like most disappointing. Um, of the whole year a runner up is Mr. Perfect for me like he kind of like I don't know I, I think he could have brought a lot more to the table and he just wasn't he's kind of your in-between guy I don't know he's not, he's not legacy enough to be like one of the old Hacksaw Duggan Hulk Hogan guys on the way out and he's not young enough to be started this new movement so maybe he just didn't feel like he had a spot um, but I felt like he could have brought a lot more so he was um, disappointing, and then most disappointing is Lawler for um, everything that happened at the end here, missing Survivor Series and kind of, um, you know, taking the air out of this whole feud. I feel like like it was so – I was so looking forward to this, even though I know it doesn't happen, but the way they built it up was so good, and just for it to kind of fall out like that really sucks. Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, runner-up as Savage. In the fact that it, it, I kind of like I was kind of playing off your perfect one, but like Savage is so much more over than Perfect. Like mm-hmm. when they do the switch for Survivor Series, he was in the main event of Survivor Series, and then he just went to a commentary role. And I don't know if it's his fault or Vince's, but like I feel like it's a guy that they really could have used at Mania at just different times, being in the ring versus commentary. So it's kind of disappointing that he's kind of not being used and was such a big star and probably needed around this time. Um, and then kind of a similar is a taker undertaker. Uh, obviously he's had some moments like survivor series, uh, 93 where he's got the Yoko feud building up. I know it's again, not his fault with giant Gonzalez and stuff, but right. again, when, when we're talking about like, we're struggling to have these massive feuds, like these are two guys. And, and I, I agree with you. I'm perfect. That's a great one that I really didn't think of. But those are three guys that we could really use to help us build up the babyface crowd. 
I I definitely agree with what you said about Savage too, though. And when you look at it, like like you said, the main event of Survivor Series, he's the second to last guy, or he's the last guy eliminated in the Royal Rumble, and then he's just not on WrestleMania. Like I don't understand. Like and then they just call him in to do like basically like fill ins, like when they really need right. him, kind of thing. You know, it just sucked that he wasn't used. He's a main event star. Like he's the legacy act of the entire show, and they don't use him. Right. So. That yeah, pop at Survivor Series is just massive. I mean, right. it's, he's just so over. And we kind of talked about the Crush Savage stuff. It's just kind of weird that we're like, you know, you know, <laughs> uh, mocking him then separately. But it, I just think it is, you know, just a big, um, it's just a big disappointment that, he, especially early on, wasn't used. And we'll see how much he's used until his end. Right. Here. Alrighty, and then on the flip side of that, what we're looking forward to the most. So, um, runner up, I got the, the rise of the click. So not necessarily like the group itself, but the members. Um, you know, Kid being his very innovative self, kind of seeing where he goes from there. Uh, Razor, like you said, elevating the title. Sean with his kind of second chance. And then Diesel, um, seeing where he goes as far as a, um, like a, main event star kind of getting into the picture um, as we'll see later on throughout the year. So that's the runner up. And then looking forward to the most, I think is pretty obvious for me. It's the uh, Brett and Owen feud just to see like these little seeds that are planted already. It's, it's got me um, really hyped to see this feud, but just to see like the week to week stuff that they do and how they integrate all the moving parts and everything. I just want to see how that plays out and see if it's as good. I remember or, you know, better or whatever. So just looking forward to that. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I, I mentioned a little bit earlier, the, the, the razor Michaels, uh, feud into the, you know, one of my favorite matches of all time of mm-hmm. the ladder match at media 10. I remember like, couldn't believe it when I saw that match. So I just don't remember that feud. Like I remember they're fighting over the title, but like, do they have interactions? Was it good? Like, I really kind of look forward to that. Uh, you know, the, the Brett Owen thing is kind of my runner up. Um, as well, and then I think just overall, like seeing what else is kind of out there to to help it to to, to you know why looking forward to stuff like you kind of mentioned ninety four is kind of a shit on year for um, for products and people's least favorite year. Like I hope it's not. And then one of the reasons might be is because of how bad Luger is going to fail, uh, and mm-hmm. he kind of is already. But I wonder if that's just like the stink of it. Is like is this Luger push like really going to feel like? it lets everyone down. I'm not sure, but... Well, I think like a lot of people also shit on the occupational gimmicks that are coming up, and I don't I don't know. I just don't have as big a problem with that stuff. Like, I just... I, I look at it for what it is. It's, like, cheap you know, fill-in guys. It's not your main... Like, like if, if um, Phantasmo or somebody was uh, debuting and they are in the main event, then yeah, maybe I could see the you're taking a huge dig at that. But when it's like lower, lower card fodder kind of stuff, like Bastion Booger, like Bastion Booger's not in WrestleMania, main advantage for the right. title. He's, you know, an opening match on Superstars or something. So, right. Yeah, I just take it for what it is, I guess. And we'll see how many of those are in 94. Like, I don't know how many there are. Like, is it a lot or is it like two? Like, or right. is it really 95? Like, I wonder how big that would be, um, to, like how long that's really going to be like a factor of the occupational gimmick? Because I would have thought, I actually think it's more in my head ninety five to ninety four. Right. Um, we'll see, but it's it's definitely I you know they definitely fail on a lot more new people coming mm-hmm. in and probably misuse some of the talent they have. Like we've kind of mentioned this year with Survive with uh, Savage, you know, Perfect. You know, some of these guys have been misused. Had a bomb even right. It took them forever to get to get going. So we'll see on some of these. Um, New talent, like if they misuse them as well. Definitely. Even Jarrett, right? Like I know you love Jarrett. I've I've liked the segment so far. Like I feel like it takes him a while before he gets to that like intercontinental level. Like not as a yeah. joke. Yeah, I feel like Jarrett doesn't hit his stride until ninety five and then like once that happens he's gone for a little bit. So yeah, yeah in, in my mind's eye that's I I feel the same way. All right. Any other ones you got, or that we got? Nope. We got them covered all. We cover them all. Yep. Yeah. So I mean, I'm definitely looking forward to the next year, to the next Survivor Series. Um, you know, a period I I found finally, you find finally. I think we both we both do, and we'll be interested to you know 
tell it like it is, and we'll, uh, you know, we're not going to love Dink, I imagine, but uh, <laughs> yeah. hopefully we like some other stuff. And I, I, I really liked your point on Doink. Like, he's been a guy I've really done it, really liked, and even face Doink to this point, I haven't hated so far. Um, and it'll just be interesting how many how many times our minds are changed. You know, Adam Bob, we would, like we said, we would have thought would have been like awesome and so excited to see, it, and it's just not. And uh, it'll be interesting next year to see how many of the, how, how much our minds could change from this. Yeah, that that's what I like the most is to see what we thought we liked and what we like had an idea of, and then see what we actually like in the end. So like like our very first episode, we had all these lists of you know tunes we love, gimmicks we love, that kind of thing, and. It's just going to be kind of cool to see over time how much that changes. Yep. All right. Well, we'll be back in two weeks then with uh, we'll be back on kind of the two superstars, two uh, Raws again, kind of move along to Rumble 94, pay-per-view I love, and then uh, keep on with not, not so much time to that. That's only two months, away, less than two months away from that pay-per-view happening. So we'll get into it real quick, um, and then we'll be uh, moving along. So I'll be back in two weeks. Happy New Year. Merry Christmas to everyone. And, Uh, Thanks for all the feedback. Appreciate it, and we'll, we'll talk soon. All right.